All right, all right, all right, Lead Heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Leducating the Uneducated since 2012. We're like one of the first, I think, uh, in America, gun-related podcasts um, since podcasts were a thing. Uh, as I alluded to last episode, if you guys didn't get a chance, make sure you go back and listen uh, we cut in some of our uh, 2020 SHOT Show interviews, and we talked about uh, the Boone and Crockett Club, who are big into hunting and conservation and uh, supporting the conservation of our wildlife, not only in America, but but worldwide, too. So that was a great interview there with Tony and C.J. Buck from Buck Knives. You know, both of those guys are on the board of the Boone and Crockett Club. And then we had some friends from Italy. We had the uh, the gang from Garmont Boots. <laughs> uh, we had a time with the, the accents, but you know we powered through it, and it was a good interview. And if you haven't had an opportunity to try out their boots, they've got some really good uh, hiking boots, uh, mountain climbing boots. If you're into the the mountain climbing, the hunting, uh, all you know. Rough terrain, cold weather type boots. They're really good boots. And I've really been enjoying the Nemesis that I've been trying out that they sent me uh, not too long ago. So check out Garmont Boots and let them know you heard about them on the Talking Lead Podcast. The Fiocchi family has been producing high-quality ammunition since 1876. In 2020, Fiocchi's launching a full line of premium products, everything from self and home defense to the long-range categories. The Fiocchi Blue Guardian line will feature specially tuned products specifically for home and self-defense, featuring lead-free technology and the only NATO-certified zero-pollution primer in the world. Fiocchi's a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Fiocchi trains, Fiocchi protects. So another thing I alluded to last episode was that uh, we were going to get into talking a little bit about the, the gun ban that happened in Canada here recently to our neighbors up north. And uh, I just I want to better understand it. So to do that, I brought in some experts from the area up there. Uh, who, this topic is near and dear to them. And uh, they are the gun advocates. They're fighting the good fight up there in Canada. And uh, one, Mike, I don't think, have you ever been on the show before? Nope, never been on the show, man. Okay, but we did take a class together. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we took came, that uh, Rob Pincus class, that yeah, defensive pistol. You came all the way from Canada to take that uh, defensive pistol class with us. Uh, yeah. And you've been a, a fan of the show, listener of the show, a lead head for some time now, too. We've yep. communicated through social media and through, uh, through emails and, and whatnot. And uh, joining us is Mike Anderson, and Mike is with chimera arms and tell them a little bit about what you guys do mike so uh chimera firearms training is uh, a company that was started by a military member in canada to basically bring bring about better training uh to law enforcement military armed professionals uh, and we do that with live fire we do that with virtual reality training with simulation training uh, things of that nature. So I'm the VP of Chimera Firearms Training. You know, I do the day-to-day -day operations. Uh, I do a lot of different kind of spokesperson stuff these days now that this uh, ban has been going on. And uh, I also am one of the instructors. So I also teach the classes to the armed guards, uh, you know, the provincially licensed authorization to carry 
for armed guards uh, in our province of Ontario, and that's uh, that's me. And you are you are a Canadian, is that correct? Yes, sir. Even Canadian, though you've got but, family that lives yeah. uh, just down the road from me. That's right. I uh, did did some time in university in uh, Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee, and came back to Canada. You know, pursued my career, pursued my family, that kind of thing back here. But yeah, my folks still live in Nashville, and I'm still down there quite a bit. Uh, you know, taking courses if I can and and training when I can. So there you go. Mm. Also joining us uh, from Canada. We have uh, one of their biggest and, and long-time gun advocates, uh, and she is with the CCFR, which, um, let's make sure I don't screw this up, it's the Canadian Coalition for Firearms? Is that? Is firearm that? Rights. Firearm Rights. There we go. That's where the R, I knew there was a, a reason for that R in there. But it's Tracy Wilson. And uh, Tracy has been on uh, numerous podcasts and, and radio shows. Uh, some of you leadheads may have heard Tracy before uh, in the past. She's been on uh, Slamfire Radio, which are some good friends of ours who've been on the, the Talking Lead podcast from time to time. Uh, and Tracy is the Vice President of Public Relations. And Tracy, we are talking a little bit before we started, and you've been doing this for, for a while now. Talk about your background with the Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. Well, the CCFR itself is only about six years old, so I am one of the original founders of the group. The reason we decided to launch um, this organization was we found there was a huge void in advocacy in Canada. So what's really different for us up here compared to down you guys for you guys down there, we don't have a second amendment to protect our right to own and enjoy our firearms in in safe and useful way. So, uh, you know, half the battle here is a public relations battle. It's it's a it's a battle with the public's opinion on firearms ownership, what type of guns we should have. It's a lot of misinformation from media and legislators. Um, Sounds familiar. And, and, <laughs> yeah, we, we figured we've got to do a little more than just lobby the government. I mean, that's mm -hmm. fine and dandy when you've got a friendly government in power. However, since 2015, um, we've had a very far left liberal government um, and power here in Canada. And of course, they've done nothing but attack us from every avenue possible. And um, the worst is, of course, the gun ban by OIC, which would be the American equivalent to an executive order. So there's no debate in Parliament, no voice for our um, members of Parliament. There's 338 members from across the country right. that represent the voices of their constituents. And, of course, those have all been silenced. There's no listening to experts, no reviewing the evidence, just evidence be damned, it is what it is. And they banned over uh, 1,500 um, firearms and variants. So, mm. including our just AR like that, like you said here in America, it'd be the equivalent of an, an executive order, and you call that an OCI? What? OIC, an ordering council. So it's a, okay. it's the same thing. Yeah, OIC. It, it does, they don't require any vote on it. So right. it's just and a that was deal. done by your leader there, Justin Trudeau. Yeah, Mr. Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's funny actually because the parliament is suspended currently due to the. Um, COVID pandemic crisis. Right. So, of, of course, the parliament's not even sitting. So, there's no way for nobody to opposition do, uh, MPs right. to even oppose it. <laughs> yeah. So, we're locked in our houses. And at the same time, they're telling us 
that you know a, a huge portion of our firearms are now just like that you wake up you wake up one morning and and all of a sudden you're you're felons but we're going to talk more yeah. about that there's more that goes behind this we're going to talk more about that um but before we get into that and i think this is going to be a good opportunity i think you guys are probably going to have some several nominations for our talking lead jack wagon train this week so gunny bring that train in Hey, Ralph, Zipper Pie, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed, and I'm going to hold true to form. I'm going to go to my guest first, and let's hear who their Jack Wagon nominations are for this episode. And we'll start with Tracy, because I know she's probably ready to to really throw some (laughs) people under the train, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, ladies first, right? Ladies first, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to throw Bill Blair under the train, just like I always do. This week in Parliament, (laughs) um, there is a a small amount of MPs who are gathered in Ottawa to discuss, um, you know, different matters. And there was a, a series of questioning yesterday in the House of Commons between a Conservative member of Parliament, Glenn Motts, and, of course, the Liberal Minister, Bill Blair. And... Glenn Motts was firing these questions at him full auto. It was beautiful. It was just like just hammering him over the head with them. And he got so red-faced and so stumbly and bumbly and he couldn't get his words out. And uh, it was just such a beautiful sight to see. He turned about 15 shades of crimson (laughs) and uh, was super flustered. And I'm telling you, I was... I was watching this uh, from the safety of my home, just cheering him on. So, yeah, Bill Blair flat out lied to Canadians once again yesterday, um, saying that, you know, we have no moral reason to own these firearms. I mean, it's the same argument we get here in America, too. Even though we have the Second Amendment, you you know, we we feel, as Americans, you know, we feel that that's enough. That's all we need. We've got the Second Amendment Amendment to protect us from their gun rights. But that's not true because we are constantly, day in and day out, getting... Uh, mirage with with individuals just like Bill Blair here in America that say you know there's why do you need this there's no reason for this and they're constantly trying to come up with ways to limit and take away our gun rights and you still got to fight tooth and nail day in and day out well yeah one. we do have a constitution that protects our ability to own things and um, or at least it should we're going to put that to the test uh, coming up in federal court. So we we are taking Bill Blair and his his band of uh, crazy leftists to court, along with RCMP, which is our our federal police force, who is responsible for the classification of firearms. So we're taking them all to court. And this will be kind of precedent setting. We are going to set the tone. Is the government able to, at the whim of, of one single leader, able to come and confiscate, you know, millions, if not billions of dollars of property mm-hmm. from Canadians who have done nothing to warrant this kind of action. No, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, it's guns now, but what's next? Your bank account, your house, your vehicles, like what's <laughs> next, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Who's your jack wagon? It was Bill Blair from the beginning. and uh, <laughs> This yeah, guy must Mike be a real douche. <laughs> well, listen, he's got a history as being the chief of police of the Toronto Police Force, uh, Toronto Police Service, you know, back in the day and then switched over to a more political role. Um, and the things that he was 
answering with the other day, like Tracy mentioned, it was beautiful to watch, but at the same time frustrating because he's saying things that just are blatant lies. He's saying things since May 1st when this ban happened that are just blatantly untrue. And on a personal level, we were promised a fact and evidence-based assessment of you know the situation surrounding firearms. And what we got was the exact opposite. So he is the jack wagon of the century in Canada for firearms owners, for sure. There you go. Sounds like our yeah. uh, Nancy Pelosi here in, in Yeah. <laughs> Just, um, you know, the mouthpiece that uh, that never stops talking, even when they probably should at this point. And, yeah, yeah hopefully Tracy and her crew are just going to put an end to all of that kind of, you know, gum gum flapping lies that they're putting out there to us. So, so I forgot to mention that uh, Amanda Lynn Mayhew, uh, who's the host of Just Hunt, was going mm-hmm. to be joining us, but she is on a bear hunt, uh, <laughs> and uh, her signal wasn't good enough to where she was able to join us. Um, but we will get Amanda on another episode. And she was on mm-hmm. uh, several episodes back. We had met at SHOT Show, and uh, we got along really good and uh, had a great interview there with with Amanda. So you guys go and uh, tell her you missed her on this episode. That yeah, will do. Absolutely. All right, so let's get into my jack wagons. I've got several, and I'm going to start off with not the obvious, which everybody thinks I'm going to probably head down, and I will get there eventually. Uh, but there has been this uh, this thing going around on social media, and it's where dudes are pointing pistols at their nads, shoving it up in their in their groin uh, with finger on the trigger. And I still haven't figured out what the point of this is. <laughs> uh, so this comes from Ammo Land, and I don't. I will credit the author if I find him, David Codera, Codre, Codura. I don't know. I always fuck up people's names on here, but they know who I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, it says gun owners are putting their metal where their manhoods are in a bizarre trend that sees men courting danger to prove how well they can manage a gun. And that was in quotes. Uh, Those participating in the meme do so by pointing their gun at their genitals with the safety off, placing their finger over the trigger, and posting a photo of it on social media. (laughs) And voila, just like that, proof they are very manly. And it it goes on. It's a weird twist on Markley's Law, which is... uh, which is when antis who invariably consider themselves witty and original equate gun ownership and inadequate penis size. That in itself further shows progressive hypocrisy as they're the ones who make a point of getting indigent over body shaming. So you can read through this, and I don't really see that there's a definitive reason as to or why this got started. Uh, but to me, any... Anybody who's in my circles, who's a who's a firearms owner, and you know, follow the safety rules. I mean, this this would never happen. It, it just makes no sense to me whatsoever what they're trying to prove or or what it is. But it's just stupid, and that's why they're jack wagons. So there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, up here in Canada, we got uh, millennials chewing on Tide Pods. So you know, oh, you that's, <laughs> yeah, that's happening like, here in America too. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. So obviously, this is not your typical 
Second Amendment uh, firearm advocate here who's doing this. Uh, it's probably some sort of, again, anti-gun person who is is doing this and trying to just stir the shit, basically. Yep. It's what they're doing. And, uh, of course, you know, when I see shit like this, I just skip over it. I don't, I don't give it any uh, second thought. But I did want to bring this up and let you guys know that the people that are doing this are not in our circle. They're not uh, 2A advocates, definitely not. No. Probably Antifa fuckers. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Well, if it's natural selection, they got their finger on the trigger. Who knows, man? Maybe I, I want to see one. Yeah, I want to see a, a undisciplined trigger finger there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Prevent future generations of that from happening. So. Yeah. so another one, and I talked about this a while back, were the the untraceable firearms, uh, the 80, <laughs> 80% percenter uh, firearms. There's a good article, and I'm not going to go and read this article, but this is, again, this is an Ammo Land article. It's Harold Hutchinson, and um, he, he gives a good uh, breakdown of, you know, I was talking about how it's completely legal to, to build your own firearms in America. Uh, you can build them. Uh, you just can't sell them. You know, so that's the whole reason there's no serial numbers or anything like that. It doesn't require a serial number. But when you go to sell that, then you have to go register it with a serial number. And then you can sell it, you know, and everything's fine. As long as you're following those steps. But if this is something that you get into that you're doing, you know, day in and day out, you're making them and then you're selling them, uh, then at some point you're going to be required to get a manufacturer's license or something like that, you know. So, mm-hmm. Just know that. But if it's just something, you know, you're, you're it's a hobby, you're doing it at home, build one, enjoy it, sell it, trade it, whatever, you got to have that serial number put back on it. But this guy does a really good job on his article. Uh, you guys can go again to Ammo Land, Shooting Sports News, and it's Harold Hutchinson. And this was done mm, not too long ago, first of the month, I think, is when this, uh, when this article came out. But I wanted to follow up because I had talked about that on an earlier episode. Now, another thing, and of course, this is on everybody's mind, you know, we've had, we've had the, uh, and this has been worldwide with the virus, the coronavirus. So I'm sure in Canada, you guys have been on lockdown and this has been affecting you guys too. And all the businesses and everything's been shut down and everybody's been quarantined, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Of course, here in America, that's happened too. And, And on top of that, before the before the virus even hit, we had um, natural disasters, you know, hit hit us pretty hard in several different areas. Middle Tennessee being one of those where we got hit hard with tornadoes. Uh, I know the hurricane, you know, it's hurricane se- season down in the the Florida area, and they're getting hammered down there in the Gulf Coast with the the hurricanes. And flooding, you know, and all that. And on top of that, then we get the coronavirus, and then now we've got the rioters. <laughs> you know, the riots that happened from this, what was his name? George Floyd. George Floyd murder, which, I mean, the mm-hmm. guy was murdered. There's no doubt about it. The cop that did it, he's been arrested. He's going to face charges. Uh, I don't see any way he's going to be getting out of it. Uh, and now they're going after the, the officers that were also there with him saying that they bear responsibility too, which I don't disagree with that uh, whatsoever. But, you know, justice is slow. It's, it's not swift. It never has been. 
and what what's going on here in America are lynch mobs, you know, and and the people that are doing the the rioting, the looting, the murders. They're they're killing police officers and they're killing other citizens and beating other citizens. Uh, are not part of that protest. You know, they 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 couldn't tell you George, you know, who George Floyd was. They think he was probably one of America's greatest boxers or something. <laughs> Those people are jack wagons and they're not they're not typical of the message that the the true, you know, I guess protesters. I guess protest is the the right word. Uh, the people that are out there and they're doing it in a lawful, respectful manner. And and their message is being stolen by these opportunists that are going out and whether it's an organized riot, whether it's an organized loot, you know, from some organization like Antifa or whoever it may be, uh, you know, somehow these bricks are just magically yeah. appearing. Yeah. These right. these pallets of bricks, of bricks just, just in the world, so. yeah, just just show up somewhere. I mean, that just doesn't happen unless it's organized and planned and um, provoked. So the people that are, I don't want to say this. Just say it. Yeah. So so the people that are that are out there, you know, taking advantage of this situation uh, for political reasons, for you know, personal gain and profit as well. Because you see a lot of that, and these people that are breaking into the Nike stores and just running in and out with shoes and hats and clothes and uh, you know all that is just those. Those are the jack wagons. Those are the people that are are diminishing the whole point of this protest and the meaning behind the protest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I hate to see I that. Think watching it from from up here too. Of course, the media isn't really showing us any of the peaceful protests, right? It's just complete mayhem and chaos and it's horrifying like i'm watching people being beaten uh you know the there's a former retired police officer that was shot yesterday uh bled out on a facebook live like th- yeah. this is just absolutely i i can't even understand what i'm seeing um on the screen of course and the problem is the you know the the legitimate protesters there's a couple things that they're upset about and they as well they should be and that's of course you know issues surrounding racism but also police brutality yeah now all of a sudden nobody's even talking about that all they're doing is talking about the violence and the fires and stuff getting burnt to the ground and Trump's Bible and you know it, it, like I I feel like the entire thing has been hijacked and exactly. um. You've seen yeah. the brother of the of the murder victim. You've seen um, George's brother on uh, national TV. You know, begging for people to stop. You know, they this is being hijacked, and it breaks my heart. I almost, you know, I don't want to live in a bubble, but I almost have to turn it off. I can't imagine what it's like for people living in cities that are just being burnt to the ground and you know just destroyed. It's it's uh, and it's our leaders, it's our uh, political leaders that are highlighting, again, like you said, it's not the actual, what the, the true, the the main purpose of the protests are. They're, it, it does yeah, diminish the real it. message, right? Yeah. So I hate to I've see that. I've seen some of our leftist politicians up here, too. I've, all, I've almost seen them, I, I want to be careful, but almost encouraging some of it going on, like making excuses for that bad behavior. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, 
at the end of the day, I was thinking about this this morning when I'm, you know, catching up on last night's activities and I'm looking at it all and I'm thinking the idea of these protests and these public sentiment and, you know, people rising up and trying to come together is to unite us as people, regardless of race or color or background. Do we feel more united? I feel like the hate is just being poured on the the, the fires of evil here. Like yeah. it's. I don't feel like it's working. So um, I, I don't know what the solution is, but I know our, our Canadian political leaders on the left are doing a really good job of fueling those fires. And it's, well, it's I think not it's just the left thing. here. It's the right and the left here. They're both fueling it, you know, for, for their own purposes. And uh, it's it's sickening to see. But it was good to see some, you know, there was a, some light today that some of the police forces around the country were... And in I solidarity with the protesters. So it's like, look, we know that this isn't you guys. You know, you aren't the ones that are doing the rioting and the may the mayhem and uh, the looting and all that. So, you know, we get that. But the people that are, you know, we're coming after you. We're going to get you. I don't know how many arrests have been made since this. I mean, I'm, I'm sure once it's all said and done, the numbers are going to be staggering. And I mean, hopefully they'll be reported correctly. Uh, unlike the coronavirus, unlike yeah. the coronavirus, but uh. <laughs> on the Ottawa news this morning, they said over nine thousand people across the USA have already been arrested uh, for you know violence and looting, and yeah. I, I'm sure that was this morning. So that was yesterday's numbers, right? So. Yeah, you know, it's and it's ridiculous too because I mean, the, with the coronavirus, the whole thing was you know they were they were trying to thin out the jails and. Yeah, they're letting people out. Letting people out for, you know, these misdemeanors and things like that. But now they're having to refill them right back up uh, with with (laughs) these jack wagons. People being injured. Yeah. You know, yeah, I I don't know. I don't think we're, we may have flattened the curve for COVID, but we can't flatten the curve for people being um, (laughs) streets of the cities. Being jack wagons, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's no cure for jack wagons apparently, so. Well, yeah, that's true. So anyway, uh, th- I wanted to, to get that out there and, you know, that, that yes, what that that former police officer did, uh, what was his name? Chauvet or something. Cho- yeah. yeah. Der- Derek-, Derek or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever his name was. And he is not representative of 99.999999% of, of all law enforcement. You know, he's, he's a, an exception and... You know he's going to be dealt with definitely. It's just you got to give the system time to to do its stuff and the the looting and the rioting and the saying that all cops are bad is just that's not the way to go because they're not. Keith likes everything about the great outdoors. He's a lot like us. Whether we're bow hunting in the backcountry or plinking in the backyard, we want to enjoy each experience to the fullest. Keltex 22 caliber P17 is Heath's go-to pistol for a good time on the range, on the trail, and anywhere in between. Weighing in at only 14 ounces with a full magazine, its compact size makes it easy to conceal or tuck away in a small pack, pocket, or space. It comes out of the box ready with a fiber optic front sight, a threaded barrel, a Picatinny rail, and a price point for any budget. With three 16-round magazines, it's ready for hours of pure, unadulterated enjoyment. It's easy, it's affordable, it's accurate, and it's a damn sweet marvel of plinking innovation. The 
Dell Tech P17. It's more bang for less buck. So enough of that. Let's talk about our heroes. And you know, right off the bat, I'm throwing our our law enforcement men and women on the the talking lead leadhead brigade heroes lead force one, uh, especially for having to deal with this situation. I mean, I can't imagine being put in that position right now and having to face these mobs like they're having to do. Yeah, agreed, man. So you deal with uh, law enforcement. Um, men and women in Canada and America. So talk about your experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, first, the uh, hero for me was that uh, there's a sheriff in uh, Michigan. Uh, he's been making the news lately, you know, basically addressing addressing protesters like a real person. Okay. You know, he's saying we're on your side. He's saying, like, we, we don't agree with what's going on. We don't agree with protecting somebody that <clears throat> is you know, obviously done something wrong, obviously murdered somebody, obviously killed a man, and we're as angry as you are. So he's he's literally putting down that, like drawing a line in the yeah, sand. He's like, that guy does not represent us. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And he, and he is he is calling out the people that would protect that type of behavior, saying you're not one of us either. You know, you're, you're not what we stand for. Like, we stand for, you know, community safety. We stand for public service. And... This guy is out there saying it and living it and, you know, potentially putting his job on the line if, if the wrong people don't like the message he's got to uh, to deliver. So that, for mm-hmm. me, was a, it's a big win. Uh, and then, you yeah. know, law enforcement in general that are having to deal every day with the COVID and then on top of the regular crime and then on top of that. The now natural disasters, the, yeah, yeah. the your regular crime, the, the yeah. and now the riot. The perfect storm, that. right? The perfect storm of bad things that, that could happen to somebody who is, you know, on a job, constantly under stress anyways, and in a job that by no means is easy day to day. You know, one day could be a I mean, you're you know, dealing with the worst day. of people in, yeah. in, in that line and of work. And people at their worst, right? You, yeah. you know, people at their worst, and, and oftentimes, like, what we do is providing, um, you know, supplemental training. Uh, you're often doing that, those things without adequate training sometimes yeah. or without, uh, you know, real knowledge of the situations you're going into and, and how it could unfold because that training is just not available to you. So right. hats off to them, and they, they really are heroes, especially through all this, you know, paramedics and uh, first-line uh, medical professionals yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Tracy, what about you? You've got some heroes I do actually. I've got a fresh one. It's fresh off the presses, and I'm uh, yeah. I'm going to break rank with you guys, and I am going to give a huge shout out to Alberta Premier Jason Kenney. So up here in Canada, we've got uh, provinces that are sort of like your states. We have only got thirteen of them, and Jason Kenney is the uh, premier of a western province, Alberta. It's kind of like your Montana, I suppose. Okay. Um, What's a premier? Today, is that like a mayor or a governor? It would be like a governor. Okay. Yeah. So he came out today with a press conference, and he is spitting mad at the federal government and their gun ban. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And mm. it, it's difficult because, of course, the feds do have jurisdiction over firearms, but there are some things that Premier Kenny can do. So today he announced he's going to be appointing his own chief firearms officer, for his province so that's sort of usually like here here in um, Ontario ours is the OPP the Ontario Provincial Police well he says he's just going to appoint his own he can appoint whoever yeah. he wants 
So he could appoint me if he wanted. Just throwing <laughs> that out there if he's listening. Um, yeah, he oh, listens. He's a lithead. Oh, yeah. So he also said um, they are going to uh, develop their own firearm center where they are going to be tracing uh, crime guns. What happens here in Canada now, when a crime is committed with a gun, and the cops come in and they do, you know, take care of the scene. Let's say they recover a crime gun. They got to send it to Ottawa and wait for the RCMP firearms lab to, um, you know, process the gun, go over it, try and trace it. It literally can take between two and seven years to get any information on the gun. Of course, by then the trial, it's too long. The trial gets thrown out because the cops are taking too long tracing the guns. So Jason Kenney's going to take it upon his own hands since our federal government is completely incompetent to get this done. And he's going to have his own firearms uh, center. So that's actually interesting. Yeah, and what yeah. else happens there is there may be some inter interpretation on the classification of firearms. So that could be actually huge for gun owners because their, their firearm center may not agree with the RCMP classification. So this, this could be exactly the um you know the cotton ball we need to throw in the fire yeah and then um he also announced a firearms advisory committee that's going to be made up of mostly gun owners uh there's some former law enforcement uh some uh armed forces people on there as well and a couple of bureaucrats but there's going to be a lot a great huge amount of um representation from the firearms community and lastly he also announced that he um, is going to be considering supporting legal action against the federal government. Mm -hmm. So our case against the federal government was just happened to be filed in Alberta. And one of the firearms manufacturers, Alberta Tactical Rifle, big shout out to them. Um, they are interveners on our case. So we're hoping that we can literally have the premier of a province um, possibly join our case as an intervener. And yeah, uh, huge. Help us. Yeah. it would literally be huge. And of course, this would sort of set a precedence for some of the other provinces that are largely conservative, like Saskatchewan and maybe even Ontario. Very nice. So, yeah, yeah big shout out to Jason Kenney. He, he it's definitely an advocate stuff. you want on your side. And maybe, you know, some other premiers will follow suit. Yeah, exactly. That would be awesome. Hey, uh, Lefty, just that, uh, that sheriff I was talking about was Chris Swanson out of Michigan. Okay, Chris Swanson. Yeah. So mine so have, is have a look at that story, and uh, it's a it's a good story, and he's he's been in a couple of videos. Yeah, yeah. So mine is uh, out of Florida. It's Sheriff Grady Judd, and this has gone viral. So I'm sure most of you leadheads have seen this. It's Polk County, Florida Sheriff Grady Judd warned Monday night when he announced an 8 p.m. curfew that if looters show up under the guise of protesting for George Ford, we are going to hunt you down and lock you up if you engage in criminal conduct, Judd said. I would tell them if you value your life, they probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. <laughs> I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. So leave the community alone. Oh, baby. Strong. And that's from Very. a sheriff uh, there oh, in Polk County. Uh, which, you know, that's 
that that every, every American has that right, you know. So yeah. I've heard of one incident where a business owner, and I heard it today, and I'll look it up. I'll look it up real quick here in just a second. But he was in his he was a gun gun shop owner, and he was in his gun shop, and he spent the night in there because being responsible, you know, if people are going to be looting and stealing stuff, you don't want them stealing guns, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he camped out in his store, and sure enough, looters, rioters were breaking into his store, and he shot them, and Ooh. they left. <laughs> yeah. They they weren't able to steal any of the, the guns or firearms and, and use them uh, in menacing ways. So uh-huh. uh, let me look that up. I actually heard that from our, our buddy Rob. I uh, saw it on yeah. Instagram. So Pincus, did on you his, see that post? On in, yeah, on his Instagram story, I did. I caught that, and I was blown away, too, because I said, you know. The one that I saw was him being interviewed by – some guy and he just talked about uh, it. He didn't. Yeah, different one. Is it South so Philly? Rob, yeah, Rob's got another one where there's a shop owner, you know, just giving the kid the gears or whoever it is that it was breaking in, and and the the writing underneath it was great because it was basically saying, you know, to to some of these protesters, they don't understand what it is that they're doing is taking away the livelihood of men and women that have spent their lives building a business. Oh yeah, and. And, you know, to them, it's just stuff. You know, I want a new pair of Nikes or, or nothing says, you know, I'm I'm against racism like stealing a TV, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Or beating yeah. an old man and, and his wife, uh, like yeah. you said, who have been uh, icons of their community for exactly. generations. You know, just and for a little mom and pop convenience back. store, you know. Right, yeah. But this was a South back, Philadelphia so. gun shop owner shot and killed a man trying to break into his store early Tuesday morning amid uh, heightened looting concerns. Philadelphia police said the owner of Firing Line, Inc. was staying the night inside the shop on South Front Street because over the last few nights, someone has tried breaking in. The owner told police he was monitoring his surveillance camera and saw three or four men trying to get in around 4, 15 a.m. The group was using bolt cutters on the gate. A broken lock could later be seen on the ground. The group then smashed in the back door and broke glass, police said, when they made it up, uh, upstairs. The 67-year-old owner started shooting his Bushmaster M4 rifle. Shot one man in the head, police said. The man, who was in his 20s, died in the store. The other men ran off. Police found a handgun by the dead man that the owner said does not belong to his shop. Investigators believe the burglars brought that with them. Uh, and then it goes on and, and talks about that. Business owner was not hurt. So uh, there you go. And he had every right to do that. Now, what Rob was talking about were the tactics that he had used to do this. You know, they were asking, what if he had mm-hmm. been outside his shop, you know, guarding outside his shop? And, and Rob was like, well, you know, that wouldn't be a very good tactic because then, you know, he could take a brick to the head, take a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. You know, something like that. So he's inside, and once they've breached and they're in there, you know, then there's no doubt, there's no question that, uh, you know, yep. they're, what their intents are. And uh, he took him down, took one of them down, and, uh, of course, you know, true to a, a criminal, you know, they're, you know, they're uh, cowards. They took off, left their buddy there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So so that guy is a hero. He, he makes the uh, talking lead... Uh, Lead Head Brigade, Lead Force One, too, that store owner there in, in South Philadelphia, uh, along with the, the 
sheriff that I just mentioned. So, you guys have anybody else you think we need to throw in there? They need honorable mention. I mean, I'd like to nominate uh, Tracy and Rod at the CCFR because they are uh, they are fighting the fight for people that gun owners that typically don't have the support of the rest of the country. Something that's nice about the Second Amendment that uh, that y'all have in the states is that. Even people who don't own guns support the Second Amendment because they know that once the Second Amendment falls, the First Amendment's right right behind it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Canada, it just seems that, that the more they drive a wedge between whether it's rural and urban, it's just it's gun owners and the rest of Canada, um, and there's really no voice. The, the news doesn't really like to cover it in a certain way. Uh, politicians do try and steer clear of it, at least in Ontario. They, they don't do enough you mm-hmm. know and the, the guys at ccfr and a couple of other groups in canada but m- mainly the ccfr with their their new charter challenges is, is doing exactly what we need them to do yeah um so yeah hats off to them as well you know and and Thank like you. it or not with and yes definitely you guys deserve a seat on lead force one and, and you've got one <laughs> but something but something that this uh the covid and then of course with these you know recent riots uh have just strengthened the fact of the importance of our Second Amendment, that it's not just for hunting. You know, Tucker Carlson did a a piece, and I posted it on my Facebook page, that, you know, it just just exemplified what the Second Amendment is about. You know, it's it's Mm -hmm. not about just hunting. It's about protecting yourself, your family, from uh, not only just out, you know, a robber here and there, but exactly what's happening right now. You've got looters. You've got people that want to break into your house and harm you to take what you have. And you have every right to protect yourself and you have every right to protect yourself with a firearm. Uh, tyrannical governments, you know, that is, it goes into a lot more than just what, and I think a lot of the liberals have seen that now because mm-hmm. gun sales in America have quadrupled, uh, you know, gone through the the roof and it's not the people like me and my listeners because we've already got our guns we've got our ammo (laughs) who's buying these well it's it's the liberals it's the people who've been fighting it for all these years Uh, i've even had some friends that have uh told me that they've got liberal friends that asked them hey can i borrow one of your guns yeah and they're like no (laughs) you can't borrow one of my guns go get your own gun you know you have every right to do that and uh, i'm not letting you borrow one of mine I might give you some ammo, you know, but uh, go get your own gun. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think a lot of this is this has brought out the, you know, the reality of what the Second Amendment is really about to to a lot of Americans. Um, yeah. So let's let's get into what's going on with you guys because you don't, like you said, you don't have the luxury of a Second Amendment, and I want to talk about what what caused this and what led up to this. And I know it wasn't this one event, but it's like this event is the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Yeah. So like you said, this has been going on for years where they've been trying to, to cut you. And you've had some pretty strict gun laws to begin with. Um, you know, a lot more strict than here, uh, than in America, but, Mm -hmm. uh, not as strict, I think, as some people think that you might have had at one time. But talk about the event that that led up to this. There was a there was a, a, a mass murder that was going around a dentist. Yeah. So on April eighteenth, nineteenth, twenty twenty, a man named Gabriel Wartman committed multiple shootings and set fires at sixteen locations in the Canadian province of Nova Scotia. 
He killed 22 people and injured three others before he was shot and killed by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in Enfield. For Mm -hmm. part of the 13-hour crime spree, this guy impersonated a police officer. So that's important. By driving a replica police car and wearing a police uniform. An investigation into this guy's motives is underway. Police are determining how he obtained firearms without uh, a possession and acquisition license. Is that what it's called there in Canada? To be able to yes, yeah. Okay. Police were criticized for not using Alert Ready to warn public about the attack. So, what is Alert Ready? Like an Amber Alert system. Okay. So it's a, it's an all broadcast basically to you know mobile devices, television, stuff like that. So it would be like your the Amber basically alert. your emergency yeah your emergency alert. Uh, and I believe instead they use Twitter. They tweeted that that things were they going tweeted. down. Yeah, they, they tweeted, hey, uh, there's a, a guy killing people, burning houses, just you know, be on the lookout. Well, you'd have to be following the RCMP to get that tweet, first of all. And, and yeah. second of all, you know, we have the infrastructure to alert a lot of people at the same time. Through multiple modes of, yeah. of social media and whatnot. And, and, right, and straight they chose to phone, not to right? do that. <laughs> yeah. Amber Alert goes off and your phone buzzes at 3, 3 o'clock in the morning if you know children go missing, this, that, and the other. So... Um, it's it's something that, that we've had for a while. Yeah. We've had it. And I, I think, you know, speaking to some of the RCMP officers, I kind of think the reason they didn't use it was because of this. They knew, and by that time, they knew that they had a guy driving around in a mocked-up uh, RCMP cruiser wearing an RCMP uniform, going around killing people, shooting them, uh, burning houses down, you know, just creating this mayhem. So what do they do? Do they put out an alert telling everybody be on the lookout for an RCMP car mm-hmm. with an officer in it who could be a killer? Imagine being the actual RCMPs who are driving around also looking the for real the real ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That that's could put an unnecessary I mean, target on ex- their back. Yeah, I'm not making excuses for it, but yeah. I can sure. see how officer safety, of course, would be of the utmost importance. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was badly handled, but I, mm-hmm. I understand some of it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it goes on to say, so, so they didn't do that to warn about the public attacks as well as not responding to reports of Wortman's behaviors and acts of domestic violence uh, that he had made before. So apparently this guy right. had a history of, yeah. of violence. An investigation into law enforcement's response to the rampage, including the decision not to use Alert Ready, is underway. And I, I would assume that's still, while we're talking, that's still being investigated. There's been probably nothing done about that yet. Not yet. So the attacks are the deadliest rampage in Canadian history, exceeding the 1989... Uh, Ecole Polytechnic. Ecole Polytechnic yeah. Massacre in Montreal where 15 people were shot and killed. On May 1st, in the wake of the attacks, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, did I, did I say his name right? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Trudeau? Yep. Trudeau, okay. yep. Uh, there might be some kind of French twist to it. <laughs> Following through on a 2019 campaign promise, announced an immediate ban on some 1,500 makes and models of military-grade assault-style weapons 
including the types used in these attacks. It's funny because I can see your face as you're reading it, Marty. It's like, man. <laughs> I mean, we just can't get away from that stigmatism that some liberal media person named them, you know, as assault oh, yeah. style. Military grade assault yeah. style. Um, That's not yeah. even a thing. It's not a thing. It's not. That's It's, it's fake news. The day that the military uses most of the guns that I own exceed military grade. So, there you go. There you go. Military grade is like a very small, you know, uh, the lowest bidder, right? Right, exactly. Made by the lowest bidder. (laughs) It's very low quality. Uh, (laughs) No. So, and it goes on. I mean, you guys can go to Wikipedia and and talk about this, but apparently, this guy was at a party with his wife, and they got into an argument. Uh, he came home and I, she left or no, he tied her up actually. Yeah. He kidnapped her. Uh, and then did he kill her? No, no she I don't got think away so. and yeah. she hid she in the woods. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that she's, she's how they found out that he was likely driving around in a mocked up cruiser gotcha. wearing what appears to be an authentic uniform. So she told them. She said she she told them what to look for, Man. and that's how they knew. They couldn't figure out how he was eluding people. Well, it's because mm-hmm. he looks like them. They were driving by him all night. Yeah, and does anybody know how he had a car and how he had so, the? Yeah. So up here in Canada, when a police force, um, you know, they they buy a fleet of cars for their mm-hmm. officers and they run them for a couple of years. They do things to them and yeah. you know make make them into a police car. But they only run them for a couple of years. After that, they decommission them, mm-hmm. you know, strip off all the debt. They do that here, too. Yeah. yeah and and then they yeah. set them up for auction, right? And the public can go and buy these decommissioned police cars. Yeah, yeah. You know, usually they're they're been treated well and had their oil changes and all their stuff, right? Sure. So this guy had some sort of weird affinity for law enforcement, and he was hoarding these cars. He actually had four of them. Oh, wow. Now... He had this one fully mocked up. They've located the, the stickers plate. on it and everything. Oh, yeah. Like the yeah. stickers, the, the lights. lights. Like, see the picture of it? It is so authentic looking. And then, of course, his uniforms um, were authentic. So when it went inside his house, they actually found out he had all kinds of other uniforms. He burnt the house down, so they couldn't recover everything. But mm. they he had four cars um, that he was working on. Now this one was his masterpiece and he had it all done up. So it kind of went that, um, you got this guy, he's got, he's a, a well off, um, he's, he's a, a dentist or something, right? Yeah. A dentist. Yeah. And actually he did a lot of charity work. He did free dentures for cancer victims. You know, it's like this really bizarre story of this guy, you know, he's not, he's not like your typical criminal, right? He's got some money, owns four beautiful homes. He's got some beautiful, um, uh, you know, properties right yeah. on the shore, like just he's well off, well to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he had some uh, run-ins with violence. Um, previously, he had outside of his um, his clinic where he works on the dentures. There was a 15 year old kid waiting for a bus, and I don't know what he was doing. If he was doing something annoying, or I don't know. But anyways, the denturist came out, beat the crap out of this kid. There's a history of violence there. He had been reported by. Um, former intimate partners for violence and domestic violence. He had been reported uh, neighbors who literally left the province and moved away from him 
because yep. he was so such a psychopath. There's this whole history that's now emerging mm-hmm. on how this has all been reported to police. Sounds and very familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this too, guy too also familiar. had smuggled firearms. He went down to Maine all the time, and apparently he had some way that he was smuggling in firearms. So he had no firearms license. Every firearm he owned was was illegal. Yeah. The majority of them smuggled in from the States. One of them from Canada. We're not entirely sure, you know, if it was one that was taken off, off the police officer. He did murder one, uh, an RCMP officer, a female, oh, um, or if he stole it from somebody or how he acquired it. But in any event, it was every single firearm was completely illegal. He had no license to use them. <clears throat> also, not all of his victims were um, died from being shot. Some of his victims, um, I believe nine of them, died from being locked in buildings or homes that he set on fire. Mm. So so this guy was just a brutal, awful person. He came across, um, at one point, this, was, this proceeded through an evening overnight. Then there was a couple hours of quietness. I'm assuming he was probably hiding out somewhere. And then it started back up in the morning. But he was basically pulling people over with this police car. And, of course... You see an RCMP pulling you over on the highway. What do you do? You're going to stop. It's, sure. it's your federal police, right? Um, and then he would murder them. So this started to come out that this was going on. And there was a female um, RCMP officer who at, at one point she came across him and she rammed his car to try and and stop him. Um, she was injured. He shot her. He went over to the car, dragged her out of the car, executed her in the street. Mm. And then, of confiscated her guns and and her property as well so like this guy's a complete animal totally now, he went, he went back to that party and killed all the people at that party too right we well, yeah, he did go back and kill some people um yeah and neighbors and stuff there's some so it all started at this party so somebody at yeah. this party said he had a little wee wee or something that set him off i don't know <laughs> something happened yeah we yeah don't know. banged his wife or something i don't know uh, but but it all seems to have stemmed from that party because they, I mean that's and then he goes on this killing spree just pff, something set him off. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird things that happened that night too. Like there's um, some stories coming out of Nova Scotia about one home that he went to in the in the neighborhood and he knew they owned firearms. They were hunters. So he goes and he starts banging on their door, but they had heard through the local community mm. that this was going on. And it was like, don't open your door. So they were yelling at him. We're not coming out. We've got guns. Get out of here. And he got in his car and left. Yeah, because he's a you coward. Know, and, yeah, yeah, of course he's a coward. So this is, you know, I mean, a lot of people think that Justin Trudeau, mm. um, you know, did this big gun ban for the people of Nova Scotia. But the people of Nova Scotia never asked for it, number one. And number two, Nova Scotia has a higher rate of gun ownership per capita than Ontario, Quebec, or even good old Alberta. So these are good, God-fearing, country-loving, salt-of-the-earth people, mm-hmm. and they love their guns. So it, it's it's a tragedy. For and their guns every- saved their life that night. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the story coming out. It's hard to... Um, yeah. If they you know, if they had not had firearms on them, that wouldn't have deterred him. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he didn't he didn't burn their home down with them in it, right? Which I assume is why he burned other people's homes. Is maybe they wouldn't come out. They were defenseless. Yeah. Right. So 
yeah, it was an absolutely savage attack that nobody really has an understanding of, of what motivated him or, you know, I, I he's dead now, so we're never going to know. Yeah. But, but the but, wife is still but, um, alive, right? Yeah, just a terrible situation. So she knows. And, and of course, she knows like, what's the country off. just went into shock and into mourning. And I mean, I'm right there with them. We all want to save for Canada and we all we all want to see an end to, to crap like this. But oh, absolutely. how on earth does the actions of an unlicensed criminal madman reflect on millions of Canadians who have done nothing wrong? You know, right. we're going to pay the, uh, the price for his crimes now. And, and it, we it, asked that question in America, too, you know, with when the, the mass massacres, mass murders happen here also. It's the same it's the same thing. It's like we want to punish knee-jerk reaction is we want to punish the gun owners, the responsible gun owners, which that's, you know, 99.9% of the people who own the firearms. These people that are right. doing the the people that are doing the mass murders and and that they've one mental problems, two they've come by the firearms illegally to begin with, three they're using them illegally. <laughs> they're not using them as they were intended to be used. Um so well, yeah, but you guys again, you don't have that Second Amendment to really to to help you. Uh, but we could be executive ordered here too. You know, an executive order could could do the same thing to us here in America, and then we would have to rely on what you guys are are having to do now. What you said, you know, just take it to court and and try and you know, hopefully you're going to be heard and you're going to be given a fair trial. But on May first, so I, so after this happened. Uh, it, it didn't happen immediately, but then Trudeau comes out, was it the next day or a couple of days later? So basically what he did was he announced it on May 1st and he said effective immediately. So as of right now, like you don't get another day to go to the range. So, um, I have, well, I've got a lot of firearms here and probably half of them are now banned. So I'm not allowed to move those firearms. Like I'm not allowed to take them and go bring them anywhere. I'm not allowed to take them to the range. I'm, I'm basically not allowed to do, I'm not allowed to sell them. I'm not allowed to do anything with them. I must keep them locked up and leave them here. Now we have a two-year amnesty. So what happened was they put this executive order in, um, but of course they don't have any, any program in place to do anything about all these guns. Mm -hmm. They also don't know where they all are because not all of them are restricted class, which are the only ones that are registered. So always remember registration leads to confiscation it's mm -hmm. the only reason for it so our ar-15s which are are, are you know relegated to semi-automatic here and a maximum uh capacity of five rounds that's all we're allowed it's five rounds it's not any different than my uh my deer gun um so now those guns are all registered however there's also guns on the list on the ban list that are not registered because they're non-restricted so okay. they got no idea who's got them, where they are. You know exactly which they shouldn't to begin with, gonna... like you said. Right. You know? But I mean, so what he did. Honestly... Let me just back up just a little bit. So uh, sure. Trudeau on May first, like you said, he came out and he announced this ban. Uh, but it was it that the sale, transportation, importation, mm -hmm. uh, and the use of military grade assault weapons in Canada was now banned effective immediately. So not just those guns, but the sale, transportation, and importation. So n no more importing from other countries or anything. 
That's right. And all of our retailers and distributors who have inventory currently in their store, some of them hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of guns are now sitting there with inventory they can't sell, but they're out the money for. So, you know, in the middle of a pandemic when their stores are closed anyways, now they're stuck with these huge bills. What's even worse is since that May 1st executive order, we've noticed that the RCMP, the uh, federal police, have started reclassifying, excuse me, random firearms that they're adding to this OIC on their own. Um, And what's happened is we've got a a supplier out in Manitoba, Wolverine Supplies. They looked at their inventory after May 1st. Okay, crap, you know, most of our stuff is now banned. We can't sell it. Okay, go stick it all in the warehouse. We'll just have to store it. We need something to sell. Let's order some fresh guns. So they go check the list, check the classification of the firearms they're looking at ordering, order in a a skid of guns to put up in the store so they'd have at least something to sell. And by the time, while it was in transit, by the time it arrived at their loading dock, it had been added to the list. That's not fair. That's not fair, man. Like you're moving the goalposts. Well, this whole thing's not fair. (laughs) The the whole thing's not fair. You know, there's well, nothing fair about uh, this. Um, yeah, so, so they are um, actually intervening on our court case. So we're happy to have them. So this two-year amnesty period that they're giving you, it doesn't give you the ability to sell it or anything. You have to dispose of it or you have to be grandfathered in. If you're grandfathered yeah. in, you still can't use them because they're banned, right? So you just they're just sitting in your house? Right. And if they're, and if you die, they take them. And if you dispose of them, how are you supposed to dispose of them? And are they are they reimbursing you for this? Are they giving you a uh, uh, a confiscation check? Because yeah, it's not <laughs> they're not buying them back, well, like you said on uh, Slam Fire Radio. Yeah, well, I know they're calling it a buyback program. I call it a confiscation uh, check program. Right. So they are going to implement something like that, apparently. However they need to have it approved in a budget which requires a House of Commons vote, which Parliament is now not sitting and he's extended that until the fall. So we don't we don't have a government right now to even vote on a budget to even produce confiscation checks, which hopefully nobody will accept. Um, so basically it's okay, stay home with your banned guns and you're not allowed to do anything with them. In the meantime, we're gonna keep adding stuff to the list a list that you don't have access to. And if you get caught out there with something that is newly prohibited, you're going to prison because there's a mandatory minimum. So this is the state of gun ownership in Canada. And at the time there were 1500 on here and you're saying that list is growing. Yeah. There's 320 new firearms that have been added to that list. There's a globe and mail article about it uh, today. And the fact that gun owners Um, not only haven't been notified that those guns have been added to that original list, we also don't have access to the RCMP's uh, live website, which is called the Firearms Reference Table, and that's where they are making these changes. We don't have access to it as the general public, not to the live one. So you can look at something, and it's totally fine to own today, and then don't check it tomorrow and you head out to the back 40 to go shoot some pop cans, and next thing you know, you're in possession of a prohibited device. That's a mandatory minimum of two years in prison. So another thing that's come out of this, and this goes back to your jack wagon, Bill Blair, uh, is the red flag law um, <laughs> has been expanded 
uh, there, which is, I would assume your red flag law is the same thing as ours. Is that where you go and you report somebody and then the police have the right to go and at that point confiscate their their firearms? Oh, yeah. It's a it's a act now, ask questions later type of system. So we literally have a 1-800 number. You can call in a safety concern anytime against anyone. And trust me, you have vindictive girlfriends and boyfriends oh. doing it all oh, no. the time. Yeah, it's not a good and system. Then, it's No. So he wants to expand that, what that looks like. I... I don't even know, but I know that he's been working very closely with this small group of activist doctors who have um, jumped up on the anti-gun lobby scene, and they want to have the ability that they can call the RCMP and have your guns confiscated from you. So, you well, know, we have I, that going on in some of our states here in America too, and it's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, just well, just to say really, because it's like you said, it, it's it's typically a vindic vindictive person you know whether it's a wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it may be uh, or just jealous family member calling in another one and having uh, their lives disrupted by this red flag law and you have it's up to you at that point to prove yourself you know like yeah. you said you're not innocent until proven guilty you're guilty and then you got to prove yourself innocent um, and you're well, lucky if you even get your guns back even if you find if you're found not to have been in any violation Right. Well, the the process is the punishment, right? You're going to go broke um, defending yourself in court and fighting yeah. just to um, just to get your guns back. And you may or may not be successful. So it's a it's a pretty itchy program to begin with. And to think he's going to expand that. Um, I, I you know, at the end of the day, I think Canadians and, and everybody watching all around the world needs to ask themselves, who are we trying to target with this type of legislation and these measures? Are we targeting the people that are committing violent crime or not? And we're not. Mm-mm. So it's, you know, billions of dollars in um, in cost, um, a total division of people in our country. Like, I don't know what the benefit is here to the government or to Canadians on any of this. Uh, the gangbangers running around Toronto shooting each other every day are laughing their heads off. Yeah. None of this touches them. So no, it doesn't affect them because they're criminals anyway. They have this shit illegally to begin with, and they're going to continue to have it illegally. Yeah, as if they care about what the law says, or as if they care which ones are banned they and don't. which ones aren't. They don't. Yeah. It's like, mm, hate it hate it for uh, the the neighborhood over there. Now it's going to be easier pickings for us. Yep. It's a shame. Yeah, it's it's a crazy, uh, difficult fight, but um, we it's one that we are literally going to throw everything that we've got at it. Um, this one's for all the marbles. If it's, so, if we lose this, it's it's done. What do you guys have to throw at it? What are you What are you able to do other than just, than other than just to take it to court? Well, we do have the court case, and we're willing to go all the way to the Supreme Court with that, and that that could be upwards of a million dollars to fight that battle. Um, we are also engaging in a massive public relations um, advertising campaign with mainstream media. And, of course, they're they're not giving us any breaks on uh, on cost for that. So <laughs> I'm sure they're probably charging you double. Here, oh, my God. The checks I've been writing here are a little, uh, you know, a lot of pucker factor going on here. But um, we will – we're going to have stuff coming out. We are also producing a two-part – uh, television series to kind of put the truth about this gun ban out there. I think a lot of Canadians, when you say, hey, 
do you support an assault rifle ban? They're like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, right? Like, they don't even know what they're talking about. When I explain it to them from my point of view, they're like, oh, no, we should totally be addressing crime. So this is the problem, is that we're just not being provided the same audience that the government is, of course, because they pay for the media. So sure. And they only no get one side. Like I, you said, you're not, they're not getting yeah. the full story, and you know, you're providing the truth. Yeah, so we're, we're going to invest some serious money in getting that, that truth out there to Canadians. Um, and at the same time, the net benefit is not just keeping our guns, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a mom and I'm a grandma, and I really want to see this government take a serious look at combating crime. Like, this is insane. Um, you know, the people are being hurt. And I don't want to live in a country that is just too lazy or doesn't have the political will to do something about the crime. So, Well, they're not even yeah, addressing the fact that this guy was impersonating a police officer. Right? You know, which like, that's, there's a lot that that's how he was able to... Yeah, I mean the guns had nothing to do with this. I mean he could have, he could have had a, a baseball bat. He could have had a knife. He could have had a a taser. You know whatever. And could have been a toaster for for what it mattered. He had the intent, right? It's right. He was gonna he intent. was gonna do his ill will no matter what. And yeah. plus he was burning stuff down. Uh, he yeah. was. Well, yeah, he's burning people. The most dangerous weapon that guy had was his car. Yeah. Police car. Yeah. That's the most dangerous weapon his he disguise. had. It, his disguise. It's instant trust, right? And and it, even if you're hearing on the radio that something's going on, you're going to, you know, you could be driving along the highway. One woman that he killed, she was uh, on her way. She was a nurse on her way uh, either home or to a shift. And she was getting text messages from her husband. You know, honey, be careful. There's something going on. I'm getting word from the neighbors. Mm-hmm. There's There's a guy out there. Well, she was terrified, and next thing you know, she's got a cop pulling her over, and she's like, thank God, I, I'm going to feel safe now. And mm-hmm. it was him. And, the other. and she like, didn't know that he was impersonating a cop because they didn't put that at, that uh, Amber Alert out thing. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. My gosh. So what can our listeners do to help to help you guys out here in America? What can we do <laughs> to help our fellow Canadians? Send money. <laughs> Well, I'm going to shamelessly plug the CCFR. You can uh, find us at firearmrights.ca. You can follow us on social media. My name is Tracy Wilson. I've got a pretty uh, snappy Twitter account going on there. Um, And uh, we're on Facebook, of course. You know, I I think the biggest thing you can do, really, other than, of course, send money. Money makes the world go round. But other than that is share our content, share our message. The more people we can get it out there, too, it sounds hokey, but changing hearts and minds is literally the only way to at least gain some ground here and not just win the battle, but win the war yeah. on uh, on public opinion, right? So yeah, education well, wins all like every time. Yeah, yeah, just gotta educate people. And it's it's something that could happen here in America too. I mean, this could very easily be us in the same, and it and it very well may be with all this crap that's going on right now. You know, so I just did a. A podcast actually a couple weeks ago it was his very first one with Colian Noir I was his uh, very first guest on his premiere episode no, and it was called oh yeah and it was called um, why you should pay attention to Canada's gun ban and that's exactly what we were talking about is how easily it can happen and um, um, you know it, it's just one one s- 
snip of the pen and it's a done deal. It's one executive so, yeah. order. That's all it is. You know, yeah. we're yeah. one executive you can find order that away. On but uh, I don't think we're going to go that quietly here in America. So. <laughs> no, I wouldn't imagine you guys would take it uh, so so gently the way that we have. And, and well, and that's the I think thing there would too. Be a lot of involvement. You know what? What is the the overwhelming response there to this? I mean, are people vocally and physically protesting this? Uh, I mean, are you getting the Not really. the marches I mean, in front of you? We can't really your... protest with the COVID measures to to a certain degree, right? Like the social. Then stop them here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, well, it doesn't, and that's exactly it. Like we're we're protesting to a certain degree, but we're we're relying on the people like Tracy and like her organization to be the voice for right now. Yeah. Um, we're also relying on some of our MPs and our elected officials to do the right thing. Um, so you've not no, got I mean, any cowboys going out there well, shooting up uh, public officials' offices or no, anything like I mean, that. No, that's, we're <clears> Canada. <throat> we don't. We don't. Do Very that. counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, we don't encourage that here either. Uh, and people that are doing that aren't we, don't represent us. As we go along, too, I, I, you know, I've never been a huge fan of protests here because with the way the Canadian media does it, is mm -hmm. they'll go over to your protest. They'll find some, you know, crazy-looking, toothless guy and the, the you know, acting all crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, they get the worst ever yeah. representative. Oh yeah, they're they're not going to put me, a Chihuahua-owning grandma, yeah. on uh, on national TV to plead my case, right? They're no. going to find somebody that looks radical and yeah, you know, the guy screaming about his uh, capital punishment plan and all this other stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but so. you know, at the, I, I'm. Normally, I don't support that kind of rallies, but we'll we'll see how things progress here and when we come out of this COVID. Um, but it's it's no longer off my desk. It's well, I think the, I desk. think again the organized protest rallies uh, are necessary. You gotta you know you gotta show mm -hmm. them the numbers that the people are out there and that. But you do it in the you know you do it in the organized peaceful manner. Uh, right, it, it, and it can be done. Definitely, absolutely. Can be done. You're still yeah, gonna you're still gonna get toothless uh, Billy Bob show up, but you know you gotta check you put him in check. <laughs> yeah, well that's exactly right. If we're gonna yeah. do it, we're gonna do it right. I'm gonna rent a stage and have audio and lights, and we're gonna do it upright. I'll have a film crew there. We have a TV show, so I yeah. I'll do it upright. Um, it won't be uh, cardboard signs made with sharpies and like it'll be <laughs> yeah. it'll be a process. So we'll see. We're talking about it. Tracy, give your uh, the CCFR Canadian Coalition for Firearms Rights. Give that uh, your contact info on that a website, social media, all that again. Sure, you can find us at firearmrights.ca or throw CCFR into your Google machine, and it'll spit us right back out. You can find out all about us on there, and there's some buttons to find out how you can help. Um, on uh, we're also at CCFR slash CCDAF on Twitter, and Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights on Facebook. And my name is Tracy Wilson. I am everywhere, and you can find me pretty easy. <laughs> do you guys have a radio show also? Yeah, we do. We have uh, CCFR Radio, which is a podcast show. Mm -hmm. As well, we have uh, CCFR's Canada Downrange, which is mm -hmm. our national TV show featuring nothing but handguns and black guns. Nice. So, and how has yeah. this affected that TV show? Well, we the COVID has affected the TV show yeah, mostly. Yeah. We weren't able to film right now for season three. Amanda Lynn's out in the bush right now because 
Um, nothing says social distancing more than being alone in a tree stand. However, <laughs> our show is basically filming these big, massive events that we have going on here, which, of course, have all been completely canceled. So season three may have to wait a year to come out. But season two is airing right now on the Sportsman's channel. Season one, you can um, find it for free on our YouTube channel. We have a massive YouTube channel, too, by the way. Nice. So you can go check out the episodes on there. They're all on there for free. Um, but, yeah, this will definitely have an impact because there's sports we have here that have been entirely decimated by this gun ban that just no longer will exist, right? So um, well, that's maybe why we got to fight it. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Not if but for, I'm still for the time being, I mean, we've got yeah, IPSC, IDPA, and and hunting and all the other stuff that people have been doing that that have the rifle class that uh, are now totally, you know, a WMD as far as the government is concerned. Yeah, you know, my my Robinson Armament XCR that you know I've hunted for years is now the same. My my AR-15s, my Stag 10, you know, th things that were either sporting for for IPSC and IDPA or hunted for years are now like. Well, what what do I do with it? You can't do anything around, with it. It's a really expensive paperweight, man. And what if what if somebody breaks into your home and you use one of those for self defense? Are you a criminal at that point? Uh, that's going to be a case by case, yeah. but for <laughs> yeah, the most yeah. part, I mean that's yeah. a, that is a slippery slope to yeah. to be on because the the instant charge would be like you know like your prohibited weapon like they're that just looks prohibited weapon, movies. but at the same time, you gave me no no guidelines <laughs> on what to do with it. So that's exactly it, right? Uh -huh. Either either send it for destruction or execute. I was just playing devil's advocate there. So. No, no, I, I know you, buddy. I yeah. You. So if that happens, just call me. <laughs> yeah, call Tracy. They also do the firearms defense insurance, right? I mean, we've got yeah. firearms there defense you go. insurance through our membership to uh, the organization. So anybody gets caught up in a legitimate jam up with their firearms are, are helped out ccfr handles that too yeah we're working on renegotiating something even better but, now are you yeah. guys are you guys in talk with any organizations here in america nra or nssf or anything like that to help with your cause well we are a member of the nssf um rod goes down to shot show every year of course and uh you know pimps out looking for sponsorship for the tv show um i've actually never gone because i don't know i Sac membership dollars are so sacred to me that I I wonder what the role for me would be at an American show as a Canadian advocate. So, Well, I mean, I, you, you do a very good job representing the cause, and you know a lot about it. So uh, absolutely. I, I, don't, I well, don't see why I've, not. I've never gone. Maybe I'll go. But, um, yeah, Rod's been down there in the States uh, a few times uh, working with different companies and partners down there. Um the NRA doesn't really, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of stuff. Uh, Coleon's been great. He invited me to premiere his show with him. And, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. We, He's never asked me to be on his show. Yeah, doing a little bit of stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a girl. Lefty looks hurt. He's like, damn. Oh, damn, Colin. I mean, he's, so even, he's, even, got a, Canadian band, he's even got right? a Led Hebrigade t-shirt, you know? Oh. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. He sees my crazy videos and he said, I want to talk to that girl. No, so. that's great. I mean, you're going to get all kinds of exposure uh, through that. That's mm -hmm. great. So, I mean, you couldn't find a better medium to get your word out in America than, than through Coolion. That's awesome. That's I'm right. the most vocal advocate too. Like Tracy's out, out there doing it all the time. So yeah, very good. And this is, this is from like a member side. Like I, I see it as a member because like I'm a member, you know, CCFR and, 
and supporting the community. But like everyone knows, I, I watch her Facebook. I watch the Instagram. I know when Tracy's posting something and half the articles that keep us up to date as a community, she's the one posting them first, uh, you know, and then everybody re reposts and retweets and follows suit and just spreads the word and tries to educate everyone else in the community. Right. So, Very good. Yeah. I mean, that's what right. it is. You gotta, you gotta do the, the word of mouth, you know, so mm-hmm. the members got to get involved and, uh, spread the word too. Share it, like it, repost yep. it. Very yep. good. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. That uh, definitely educated me on uh, what's going on there. Uh, I hope our listeners uh, have a better understanding and, and grasp of what's happening with the gun ban there in, in Canada and what we can do to help. Go to CC, well, thank you for CCFR and uh, and donate. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And as Americans, we can do that, right? No. Yep. No. No problems yep. with that? No issues? No problems at all. We have lots of American members actually trying to help out. So it's mm-hmm. awesome. Very good. Very good. So uh, we were talking a little bit off air. Uh, it is bear hunting season there. Yes. And you just got back from a bear hunt there, Mike. <laughs> Talk about your bear hunt real quick. A bear hunt was great, uh, aside from the fact that one of the guns that I would typically use, which is a uh, Stag 10. Yeah. All right, Stag 10 308 or Robinson Armament XCR, both in 308, would have been my go-to. You know, that's my go-to rifle. It's lightweight. You know, they're portable. They're they're nice modular guns, real ergonomic. But it's now caught up in this band. So I uh, decided, you know, I'm going to pick up something else that normally I'd save for, you know, say, sitting in a stand or, or moose hunting. And mm-hmm. that's my uh, 4570 lever action. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's what came out in the bush with me this time. But the real irony is that uh, all of the claims that everyone's making about, you know, these assault-style weapons, right, mm-hmm. uh, is quotes. that they have high capacity. Yeah, air quotes. High-capacity assault-style weapons. Well, you know, in Canada, it's five rounds, right? My lever action holds five rounds of a really big thumper caliber, and my uh, XCR holds five rounds. But it doesn't matter how much they can, holds five they, can, rounds. they can only shoot one at a time. Exactly. It's one trigger press. It's one bullet. It did yeah. the same thing, uh, you know. So why one and not the others, and and why this and all of the inconsistency across the board is just really, really funny. But it makes you know, it just makes it a challenge as a hunter sometimes. With if they are changing new guns, and like Tracy said, there's a couple hundred that's been added since the OIC that they didn't even make public. Well, how am I supposed to know if, if I have something that looks like an AR, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a, an AR-10 got caught up in this ban. Uh, the XCR got caught up in this ban. Um, several other proprietary guns that were made specifically to avoid the AR-15 classification are now caught up in this ban. So if I didn't know, if I didn't keep up to date with all these things and I'm out there and we've got a a conservation officer checking up on, you know, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna run the serial number on that gun. And it comes back as a prohibited device. Well, like Tracy said, you're, you're, you're facing some major, major trouble. You know, major, major jail time yeah. potentially for... And, and ignorance is never an excuse, right? You can never say, well, I didn't know. So, well, you should have. Never holds up in court. License. Yeah. yeah. Ignorance this is, is no this excuse is a big at all. Challenge. And that's it for hunters. I mean, for... They, there's claims of shotguns getting caught up in the ban, and there are there are shotguns, there are four tens, there's some twenty twos that are included in this ban as well. Um, and it's only by the the careless wording of the ban and and a lot of it by aesthetic, 
Well, I don't think it's you know, careless. I think they intentionally word things, you know, to be vague so that they can. Right, and know, it leaves the. They know exactly what they're doing. They're they're not right. careless about yeah, anything. And that's 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 part of the problem. And then it creates a problem for us as hunters, as sports shooters, and and you know, for us that we train police and armed guards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we get we get into this problem now where if police want to train outside of their regular duty they can't they they can't bring their ar to a range right they can't train with us on the things that they would want to train and by no means is their annual qualification you know 30 minutes before they do their annual qual is that considered training i mean you're talking about billions of dollars of revenue that this is going to oh, be yeah. affecting because it's not just it's everything that's associated it's a trickle down yeah. kind of effect that it's the sales it's the training aspect it's the accessories, accessories the parts. yeah um and then it's you know individual as well because if if we start with with what they did with this list and that stands you know we we let that stand and somehow that doesn't get overturned well what's next you know they've alluded to municipal handgun bans they've alluded to leaving it to the provinces and municipalities to decide to ban handguns well then you get into the next level of people affected by this you know so if it's just ars and a bunch of niche guns some people don't care but then you get into handguns and a huge vulnerability opens up for again police mm -hmm. armed security and civilians who are sports shooters because we we can't you know carry for self-defense etc um but now you've got again this gray area like well what, what are you going to do about my guns like what, what's going on with my guns they're they're now banned because of some arbitrary decision that has no fact-based approach that has no evidence-based approach it's just a purely um, emotional knee-jerk reaction yeah it's, it is you that knee-jerk you know let's find a solution that makes people happy that that is smoke and mirrors that doesn't really address the real problems it you know it, it doesn't go after the real sources of the crime mm -hmm. and then it poses the third problem well, you say the criminals are just sitting there laughing at trudeau he's like right <laughs> right well so then how do you how do you enforce this so from the law enforcement side you've got all these agencies now some of which are, you know, they have gun owning members and there's a conflict of interest between whether they want to maybe carry out some of what they may be asked to do. Are they going to go door to door confiscating guns? I don't think they have the resources. Yeah, I think they have real crime to fight. And it's not the 2.1 million gun owners in Canada that they need to go knocking on doors and saying, hey, you may or may not have one of these guns and we have to be here to take it from you or. You know, and, and they're still trying to figure out that framework. So there's yeah. so much confusion on both sides. Hunters don't know. They're always asking on social media, is my gun banned? Is this banned? I heard. I heard the rumor. I heard this. You know, there's a, an Ivor Johnson single shot shotgun that somehow got caught up in this because of its bore diameter. You know, it, there's there's no consistency to what, what it is that they're doing. And every level is suffering from the same confusion. Police don't know what to do about it yet because they're not directed. You know, civilians don't know what to do about it yet because they're not directed. And we're being sent letters that basically say, we'll let you know in two years. I don't know, Tracy, if you've gotten any of the RCMP letters. I got my letter and it said, hey, here's, here's what we did. Uh, but they don't mention the models. They just say, you know, for more information, <laughs> see the website and the bulletins. But they sent out, you know, a mailing that notifies us that mm. you have two years to figure it out. You do. But they still you don't give instructions on what to do. Yeah, it's that's just, it. Two years, hang on. You've got two years to figure it out. it out, and we don't know what it is. So Exactly. Yeah, it's a generic letter like, 
hey, you might own guns that we banned. So within the next two years, you once we figure out what you have to do with them, you're going to have to do something. That's what it says. Like, they don't know. Can you send me a copy of that? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got one right I got here. I would love to see that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like oh it's like gosh. a flyer. It must have cost oh, them millions I'm of dollars. To to you right now, well, bro. not only that. I mean, like you were saying, the billions of dollars that this is going to affect, uh, you know, commercially for for your country, but the billions of dollars that it's going to cost them to enforce it. You know, it's oh, yeah. doubled, so, probably tripled. It's it's ludicrous. Yeah. Well, and all the Canadian gun owners are fighting back against this letter because, see, at first people were sh scared when they got it. They're like, wait a minute, I don't own any registered guns. All of mine were previously non-restricted. Now they've gone all the way to prohibited, but how do they know? And I said, what they're doing is they're just sending it to every gun owner, just in case, in case you own stuff that they've banned. They're probably sending so it to every like, every person, <laughs> every well, citizen. Yeah. I mean, They're like, how did they know I had one? It, every one of these costs about... $2.50 between what it costs to make it, have somebody stuff the envelopes, and then the, the labor. postage send it out. Yeah. So $2.50 times 2.2 million gun owners, yeah. for sure, at least that many people. And uh, so gun owners, what they're doing is they're sending it back, return to sender, and they're scratching <laughs> their information. Because what happens then is the government pays twice for postage, so it costs them even more money. <laughs> Yeah. And they're they're sending it right back to the RCMP without opening it. I haven't opened mine. I'm saving it because I'm going to make a fun video. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. I texted it to you, Marty. A screenshot of the yeah. I got it here. Yeah. I'll send you the French version on the other side if you want it. But, yeah. Uh, it reads about as uh, reads about as well in French and English. I mean, none of it. But it's two anyway, years of French. So. It yeah. just sends you to a website too. Like what happens to. You know, Uncle Uncle Willie living out in the bush, he doesn't even have internet. He, like, doesn't, he doesn't know anything about this gun ban. Yeah. Oh, no. Most people don't know anything about it at all. Even a lot of hunters have never even heard of it. They don't right. know. Right. And, and there's so much disinformation out there and fear because people are like, well, wait a minute. I heard shotguns are banned. Well, you know, that's not wrong, but it's not every shotgun. It, it is a almost a case-by-case, case, arbitrary decision based on looks with these new ones that Tracy alluded to. Mm -hmm. And then some, it just so happens that nominally the bore is over 20 millimeters, so they're caught up in this ban. So it's like, well, That's you know, I've got a Beretta 391. That it's an overboard shotgun. So this sounds it's to like me like something that these um, your government officials have been working on for a while, and they just weren't quite ready, but... Like you said, the perfect storm brood, and they're yeah. like, "Let's just kick this out now, and we'll yeah. we'll iron it out later." That's exactly it. We'll figure out all the kinks, but for right now, we're going to make it stick because we have the ability to. And I don't think they expected some of the blowback that they're getting from it. And I, I certainly know that gun owners knew that they had they were planning something, but I don't think any of us saw this coming at this time. Mm -hmm. Well, and you not know? this comprehensive either. No, I mean, I, I've all, I've always known they've had their uh, their eye on the AR-15, yeah, right? They've said it, right? They've said yeah, it forever. Yeah, such a bad so. reputation and stuff. But, um, you know, they've been threatening us with that for years. So to find out that the ban was um, literally like 48 pages of firearms, it was just <sighs> unbelievable. Like, 
I'm flipping through it and I'm like, oh my god, it's it's almost it's everything. Everything, like it's yeah. Huge, huge. Wow. So, yeah, my yeah. advice to gun owners is don't you don't don't do nothing. Just leave them in the safe for now, and we're gonna fight the good fight. Don't uh, don't give up your guns. No, no, no. don't give them up. And we're without a fight. Frame, so, for and now, can always come to America. <laughs> well, hey, Lefty, I'm coming down for some more classes once the borders open up proper. Because I was down there for that Todd Jarrett class. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, just back in March before mm -hmm. everything went crazy. Yeah, we just missed each other on that one. Yeah, that's right. So I'll I'll be back down, provided that I can bring the guns I want to bring. Well, there'll um, be some here that you can use if you know. <laughs> you think? You think maybe Nashville's got some guns? <laughs> I think yeah, got one or two. One I was two. down yeah, in Oklahoma exactly. in March, and uh, my my best friend's husband picked me up from the airport in Dallas and he was carrying and I was just like, wow, I don't even understand that level of delicious freedom. <laughs> I don't even understand it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's something that we do take for granted here. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, through this show, through you guys being on, we can help educate our, uh, fellow second amendment proponents here in America. so they won't be, you know, they won't take it so take it for granted uh it's just it's it's unfathomable to us that this happens in other countries that people aren't allowed mm -hmm. to do this you know so yeah it's hard for us to understand don't give them an inch you can't you can't you definitely can't and once you become the example like everyone wants to say new zealand right and well if they can do it in new zealand they can do it in canada they did it overnight in new zealand yeah well this is it right we're not on an island <laughs> We're not on an island, and, uh, mm -mm. you know, we don't have the same problems that, that they have. But if, if you see it happening all over the world, then people start to think, well, yeah, it works, even though it doesn't. No, it's not working. Right? You tell you tell the same lie enough times, and it starts, you know, people start to believe it. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> I, I wanted to end on a good note, but. Yeah. <laughs> I, you look really stressed out for yeah, us. Does, right? I am stressed out for you guys. I mean, this is horrible. Uh, I mean, the, all the bad stuff that's going on around the world right now, and and you know, especially in America with our our riots going on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I wanted to bring. This is something that I've been wanting to do since I heard about it, and uh, I'm glad that you guys took the time to be on to educate us about uh, the gun ban and and what's behind it and. You know, it just sounds all too familiar. You know, it's it's exactly what the liberals try to do here, the gun grabbers try to do yes. here in America. But um, unfortunately, you guys don't have the Second Amendment to back you up. No, we got the CCFR to help us out. Got CCFR, so. and you got America, yeah. baby. So we'll yeah. we'll do what we can, okay, other than you know donate what? and you know help help yeah, support get the, the get the manufacturers involved because we might not be the biggest market that they sell to, but at the same time. You know, we've got stores here that, that supported them and bought their products that are now stuck holding on to, you know, God knows how many DPMS rifles and, and this, Absolutely. that, and, other, and, and how many ARs and, and how many XCRs and how many Stag 10s and how many Beretta CX-4 Storms, Ruger Mini 14s. See, I don't understand. You know, why are they why are they picking on the Beretta PX-4 Storm? <laughs> It was used in one mass shooting. Uh, I believe it was a Dawson College uh, mass shooting. It's uh, like the last gun ago. I would ever own, too. <laughs> well, this, this is it. I mean, most of the ones that got caught up in the ban uh, were used one time in, in a mass shooting. Like the Ruger Mini 14 was used back in the 80s, right? Mm -hmm. um, the M14, so, or the M1A, 
that they banned, the M14, was used in a Moncton shooting, um, you know, a couple years back. So they're just going through and looking at all the mass shootings that have well, occurred and what was used, and they're just like, you know, okay, that's on the list because somebody thing. used it. Right, and then they're using that as their evidence to support that anything that looks like it or operates like it becomes just like it. Well, yeah. there's there's no consistency, right? I mean, my, my Remington uh, semi-auto, what is it, that 742 30-06 deer rifle does the same thing as any of these... Uh, you know, so-called military. Style. It fires a project. They all do the same thing. They, for, a, they fire projectiles. Right. You know? yeah. It's a gun. It, it fires. Oh, a give us, give us some real hard evidence, and and let us, let us come together as a community and tackle the real sources of the problem. Yeah. Let us educate each other. Like it just seems that both. And it's sides, something that if we could come together as you know countries. Yeah. It's like all right, you guys are fighting this battle here. We're fighting the same battle. If we could come together somehow. And, and, and combat <laughs> the it. Problem, the, the strength in numbers is great, which is why they keep people fighting. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. And yeah. if there was some way that we could unite uh, worldwide. Yeah, I hear you, buddy. Well, hey, it's happening. It's happening right now on Talking Lead. You know, it's there you go. Tracy's talking, talking to Nicole Noir and all the other, uh, all the other people too. Just getting out there and making it public. So yeah. Well, we're behind you here at the uh, at the Lead Hipper Gate. So anything that we can do, you let us know. We're definitely going to uh, uh, push and promote this. Uh, anytime you've got new news, feel free that you can come to us and disseminate that information. Oh, sweet! Because we like to educate. Yeah, I love it, man, and I appreciate it. Appreciate you just having us here, and you know, I'll text you all kinds of crazy now that uh, now that I know that you're backing it. I'll uh, send you all kinds of articles that Tracy's putting out there. No, absolutely. Yeah, and Tracy, you do the same thing, too. Uh, I will. Uh, we'll, we'll get you guys back on when something, the next big thing happens and you can update us uh, on what's going on. But until then, again, go to the CCFR, go to their website, go to the social meds, show them the lead head brigade support. Uh, Chimera Arms, uh, I know you guys are behind this as well, uh, doing, yep. doing your part. Uh, give that website again. Yeah, ChimeraFirearmsTraining.com. Or you can see us on Instagram as well, at ChimeraFirearmsTraining. Check us out and just check out what we're doing with our virtual reality stuff, man. Yeah, I know. And that's something that we need to talk about. I need to have you back on because we've not talked oh, about yeah. your virtual reality training system yet, too. There it's pretty some, badass. There's some new stuff that you are going to just lose your mind over, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to we're gonna get Mike back on. We're going to talk about that. Awesome. Uh, but But... To help this show continue, Leadhead, support those that support the show. Keltec Weapons, they're offering a 25% off discount on the RDB Survival Rifle right now. So you can go to their website and get details on that. Uh, but those things are really cool. I've got one of the uh, RDB 17s that's got the new Defender furniture on it. I'm going to be taking that out, hopefully this weekend, getting it sighted in. I'm going to be using that for hunting this season. I'm going to take down some deer with that. And then, Sweet yeah, it is. It's it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mission First Tactical. Use the code Leadhead, and you're going to get twenty percent off there, off any of their products, their holsters, their AR-15 furniture, their uh, tactical dump trays and wallets. You can get the logo, Talking Lead logoed wallets and dump trays there. Twenty uh, percent off. Use the code Leadhead. And then also we were talking about LEO Takedown, that uh, yep. that system that LEO Takedown has that uh, convert your AR and 
15 into an easily broken down uh, rifle, or you can change out calibers, you can change out length of barrels, so you can go from CQB to uh, precision long-range shooting uh, in a matter of seconds. Uh, that's LEO Takedown. 10% off discount there on those systems that they have. Use the code LEADHEAD. You're going to get 10% off. Modern Spartan Systems. Uh, you're going to use the code TLCP15. You get 15% off, and they're going to donate 15% uh, to Camp Patriot. A uh, great veteran organization there that uh, takes veterans out and hunts and fishes and shows them some, some good times in the outdoors. Uh, modern Spartan systems for all their cleaning supplies and lubrications. I'm actually conditioning the barrel in that uh, RDB and the um, the new AK I got from Occam Defense with their mm -hmm. accuracy oil to uh, make those even more accurate. So nice. you guys go there, modernspartansystems.com, TLCP15. And then at ASP, the flashlights that they have over at ASP USA. If you use the code LED20, you get 20% off any of their flashlight or flashlight accessories. Um, I've been using their latest flashlight, yeah, the new Spectrum. So I've been using their new Spectrum flashlight. And as you guys know, we gave several of uh, their dual fuel flashlights away last year. And I've been testing the new one out. And uh, it's really cool. It's got a blue, green, and red light spectrum on it. So that's different from the one that we had before. Plus, it's still got the flashing, and then it's got the bright and the dim. And they're only like 80 bucks. So, I mean, they're really affordable. Uh, but you can go and get an additional 20% off. Use that code LED20 at ASPUSA. Uh, and then, of course, Fioki Ammo. You guys go and show them some love on their social medias, their website, and buy their ammo. A lot of these ammo companies are are sold out. You know, they're it's the gun sales, the ammo sales have been going through the roof here in the United States, uh, but they will get more in. So go ahead and uh, put your orders in, not only for the Fiocchio, Fiocchi ammo, but uh, Century Arms, the Red Army Standard. I know that they've been back ordered uh, on that stuff too, but everybody's slowly getting everything back in stock. So go check them out. And if you want some stuff from us and you haven't received it yet, that's why just keep checking with them, checking with me and we'll make sure that you get your, uh, your ammos. And, uh, we gave away a canic. You, have you, are you familiar with the canic? Yeah. The TP nines and stuff. like Yeah. That. TP nine, the SFX. We gave away, uh, one of the competition canics not too long ago. This weekend. And uh, that that should be into that winter pretty soon. And then of course we got a, a giveaway that we're doing with with Keltec, a Mission First Tactical, Buck Knives, uh, Fioki Ammo, and SMB watches. And I think that's probably going to be around July fourth when we kick that one off. So stay tuned for that. We're giving away CP thirty three, one of those new twenty twos that Keltec is putting out. Yeah, they look pretty cool. Saw them in the chat show too, right? Yeah, yeah, they had those. Yeah, they look awesome. They look really cool, man. They had those. They had that integrally suppressed um, uh, <laughs> sub sub two thousand. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was like my favorite of the whole show. Uh, those are the things of dreams here in Canada. Suppressors, <laughs> the devil here. So. Integrally suppressed, no doubt. Yeah. You know, I got a can waiting on me at uh, Royal Range. 
Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's in jail right now, but <laughs> hopefully I'll get that paperwork and I'll have it out pretty soon. Yeah, those are pretty, I mean, that, that facility is amazing, right? That, that place is so cool. It is. Tracy, there's this uh, range in Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Royal Range USA. And I like they, it. They took a uh, an old movie theater and they converted it into a pro shop and shooting yeah. range and training facility. Yeah. Oh, cool. And it is, it's amazing. You can check, oh, yeah. check out their website if you get an opportunity. I'll check got, it out. I got some photos when I was in there last time where they've got that uh, suppressed Barrett 50. <laughs> like, this thing is literally the size of a pickup truck. It's, it's huge. You know, yeah, it's in there with a big old can on it that looks like a piece of drain pipe. And uh, I got a 50 Barrett BMG. 50. Oh, well, I know. And now the Barrett 50's up in that band. It's caught up in the band. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Everything fun. Everything fun got caught up in the band. Yeah. So. Oh, well. Yeah. well, guys, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be on. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, anything that we can do for you, we're here for you. Don't hesitate to shoot me an email. Give me a call. The Lead Head Brigade is behind Canada. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thank I really you. appreciate that. Yeah. And until the next episode, Lead Heads, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms firearms closer. closer. Call the CCFR. Check us out at firearmrights.ca.